Long History After Magellan, Part 3 Facing the Portuguese Threat Hello everyone and welcome to Episode 3 of Long History's After Magellan, the first document we're looking at in our series called Forgotten Voyages. This voyage was the first Spanish expedition to attempt to reach the Spice Islands after Magellan's famous journey. It was initially headed by Commander Garcia Jofre de Loaiza, although he died in the Pacific in the last episode. This account was written by Captain Andres de Urdaneta, a friar and explorer who took part in the expedition. The journey took place between the 24th of July 1525 and September 1526. But, Urdaneta's account continues to include his decade on the Spice Islands, before his return to Europe in 1536. The original text was in Spanish and has been exclusively translated for long history. And so, as this episode begins, the remaining Castilian crew, including Urdaneta, have reached an area to the east of the Spice Islands. The most important Spice Islands at this time were Ternate and Tidore. The Castilians have heard news that the Portuguese have attacked Tidore, making enemies of them. The Castilians, therefore, decide to send an emissary to Tidore to see if they can become friends with the king. Not least after they found out that he had previously sold clothes to Castilians on behalf of the Spanish king. The Castilians themselves are on an island called Patachina. They are in a place called Zamafo, on the eastern side of the island. On the western side of the same island, facing the Spice Islands, is a kingdom called Gilolo. The Spanish also send an emissary here. However, the Portuguese are not at all happy with the Castilian presence in the area. So let's get going with episode 3, after Magellan, facing the Portuguese threat. That said afternoon, the captain sent me, with five other companions, in the said Parau boat, to the kings of Tidore and Gilolo, to let them know that we had been seven ships that His Majesty sent to Maluco, and that we alone had arrived in the Zamafo port, with the others coming behind. And we found out that the Portuguese were in those islands, that they were at war with the king of Tidore, destroying him for being the friend and servant of your majesty, and because he had sold clothes to the captains Juan Sebastián del Cano and Espinosa. He asked them, by grace, to let him know what they required, that he was, with his people and his ship and artillery, at their service as loyal friends of your majesty against whomsoever they required. And also he asked them, by grace, to support him against whomsoever he should wage war, be they Portuguese or natives of the islands. Thus we secretly went to a village of the king of Gilolo, and there we let him know how he had arrived, and we asked him for permission to go to the town of Gilolo, where he resided, which is on the same island of Patachina, on the western side. On learning this, he sent a nephew of his with ten armed boats to receive us. Thus, we went to the said village where the king resided, and he received us very well, showing a great deal of happiness and pleasure with us. In this way, all the gentlemen and people of the land were most pleased, and the king ordered all the people from the surrounding villages to come together to receive our deputation, which was done the following day. And as we said that we wanted to go to the king of Tidore, he then ordered a small rowing vessel, very light, to be arranged, and he sent with us two of his gentlemen. We went to the island of Tidore, which is around six leagues from the town of Gilolo. Here, we discovered that the king of Tidore had retreated up into the mountains, when they found out that Castilians had come to Maluco, although the king was just a boy, his gentlemen showed great pleasure, which was something to behold, and as a result so did all the other people. And when our deputation had been received, they said they would favour us until the point of death in every possible way. And they asked us in no way to go there with the ship, because it seemed to them that one ship alone could not take the risk because of the Portuguese threat. And so the king of Tidore ordered two gentlemen to go with us to the captain. 
Thus, we returned to the kingdom of Hilolo. And as a result, the king of Hilolo offered to support us and help us in every way he could, even though at present he was at peace with the Portuguese. He sent three rowing vessels with his nephew in my company, and we returned to where we had left the ship. Three Castilians of my company, along with two large harquebuses, stayed with the king of Hilolo, in case the Portuguese came having found out that we had been with the king. We reached Zamafo, where the ship was. The captain, Martin Iñigues, received the ambassadors of the kings of Tidore and Hilolo very well, giving them various gifts. Upon learning of the king's approval, we then made sail for Tidore, although those from Hilolo would have preferred us to go to their city because Tidore had been destroyed and all of its villages burned. As we were anchored due to a contrary wind at an islet called Rao, a boat came from the island of Ternate to our ship, in which came a Portuguese man whose name was Francisco de Castro, with letters from the captain of the fortress, who was called Don Garcia Enriquez. He requested that we not enter the Maluco Islands where they had their fort, because those lands belonged to the King of Portugal. If we complied, all honour and courtesy would be given, and if not, they would sink our ship with all of us in it. Captain Martin Iñiguez replied to the letter and to these conditions without conceding to these requests, saying, rather, that those lands and islands were his majesty's, and being his captain, as he was, he would go to whichever island he should choose. And so the Portuguese man returned, and we stayed there for two months, not being able to round the cape of the island of Batachina. The Gilolo boats returned. During this time, a Portuguese man called Hernando de Baldaya, the quartermaster of the Portuguese fortress, came twice to request that we leave those parts without landing at Maluco or the Banda Islands, and if not, they would come with a great armada. They would take us by force and drown us. We always responded to them with the opposite of what they wanted to hear, protesting that such actions would lead to loss and damage and the death of men. The said Portuguese man returned many times to threaten us. On the same island of Rao, we heard that the Portuguese were coming for us with a large armada. The captain, seeing this, asked the people for their view, which was that in no way should we be stopped from going to the islands of Maluco, even if we should put everything at risk. And so, the captain, seeing everyone's willingness and determination, ordered us to set sail, because the wind was good. Thus we went to the island of Tidore, and we began to sail with the good, long and fresh wind, with all our artillery primed, and everyone well armed and willing to die in service of your majesty. On the 29th day of the month of December of 1526, travelling with a harsh wind, heading by sail towards Tidore, the Portuguese armada appeared from between some islands, called the islands of Doi, because they had been waiting for us there. And as they saw that we were so determined, and the wind was so harsh, and the ship was well armed, they did not dare to approach within a Lombard shot of us, so we continued ahead. The armada that the Portuguese had gathered against us consisted of two caravels and a sailboat, with a large skiff and other boats with artillery, and around 80 Moorish boats from Ternate, Bajan, Trakian and Motil. The kings of Ternate and Bajan came in person, having also called the king of Hilolo, but they did not want to come, saying that he was a friend of the Castilians and would not go against them. The captain-general who travelled with this Portuguese armada was called Manuel Falcón. We stopped at the island of Tidore, in front of what had once been a town, on the first day of January 1527. Here, the king, called Rahamir, then came with all his gentlemen, and they swore by their laws 
that they would be our loyal friends and to support us in all that they could against our enemies. We, as a result, swore the same. On that same day we began to build three earthen ramparts where we could place our artillery to defend ourselves against our enemies. All of the Indians, even the women, helped us. And then, on the following day, we moved part of our artillery onto land, along with all the goods and things that were in the ship. Because we feared that the Portuguese would come to sink our ship, so we brought half of our people onto land. Four or five days after we had anchored in Tidore, the said Hernando de Baldaya, the Portuguese man, came to request, on behalf of his captain, that we leave the island where we currently were located. If not, they would come with a great armada and they would take and kill all of us. Our captain replied, as he had done other times, without conceding to their demands. On the 12th day of January of the said year, four hours before dawn, the Portuguese came stealthily with a large armada. As we had mounted a good guard, we sensed the sound of their oars and threw them off, because they came to board us, and as they came, as we were alert, they did not dare to board, starting to fire at us from afar. With the second round that they fired, they killed a man and wounded three or four. Then we began to fire harshly at each other with cannons, until the following Saturday at night, when they retreated. Some men wounded other men, and after this they returned to their fortress. And although they had shot at us many times with their cannons, we did not lose anything because the ship was unloaded and we had moved it to the coast so they could not sink it. Nevertheless, the ship was damaged a great deal due to the large quantity of artillery that we had shot from her, as it took the brunt of being on the front line, causing great damage, due to which it began to take on a great deal of water. We took great pains to keep her dry because we couldn't keep her on water but were unable to find a good location in the port where we were, even though on another part of the island there was a dry place. Due to the Portuguese threat, however, we did not dare to go there because then they might burn her. Some three months later, a little more or less, the said ship sank into the depths. Three or four days after the Portuguese had shot at us, five of the king's parau boats came from Gilolo. When they were in the port where we stayed, we found out that a Portuguese boat, loaded with cloves, was heading from the island of Machian to the Portuguese fort. When we found this out, the captain sent the five paraus with nine Castilians, and coming across the said boat, they fought and captured it with its clothes. On this ship, they killed a Portuguese man. With these five boats, the king of Gilolo sent to ask for twenty men and some shotguns and small cannons to defend himself against the Portuguese, and so the captain sent the men and some of the artillery. Some officials went on these paraus to Gilolo, to make a boat with all the relevant equipment needed, made with nails and other ways. For the wooden boards and other things that came from the land, the King of Gilolo himself provided. Also, at this time, we began a ship in Tidore's shipyard to be sent to the Cape of Good Hope and to Spain. The Indians also began to make fighting rowboats, even though they already had some, which we used to anger our enemies. As the King of Gilolo had Castilians in his town, he waged great war with his enemies, and showed us all the pleasure and honour that he could, showing us much favour. Without his support, we would have had to endure much more than we did. The Spanish are soon received by the kings of Gilolo and Tidore, finding that the latter kingdom has been destroyed by the Portuguese. The Portuguese send repeated threats to the Spanish, but the Spanish refuse to stand down, eventually choosing to take the risk and head to Tidore. However, the Portuguese eventually attack, leading to the sinking of their ship. Urdaneta and some of the men have retreated to Gilolo. They are obliged to help the latter's king with his wars, and the king of Gilolo generously in return 
helps with the building of boats so they can wage war and eventually return to Spain. Thank you everyone for listening to this episode. There are 10 parts of this particular document, so subscribe to be informed when the others are released, and don't forget that we have plenty of other documents to explore in the meantime. Thanks again for listening, and goodbye.